healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the Basement Film News Club, you are now tuning in yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. We are so glad to have you back here on this uh, Thursday, if you're listening to us on release day. Got a nifty little podcast for you uh, today. Going to be talking about Curtis Harding's Face Your Fear, the uh, Neo Soul Man, Garage Soul, whatever you want to call me. Myself, uh, Mark Stalling, and Eduardo are going to be down here talking about this in just a minute. Before that, real quick, I want to I want to say a few things. First of all, uh, to the four thousand so odd people that downloaded our episode of. Uh, our conversation with Andrew Coe about Girls Against, about sexual harassment and assault in the music industry and beyond. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad uh, that message is getting spread around and that you guys like that and uh, you know keep spreading it around. It is, uh, it is humbling and, and warms my heart that our, uh, our most downloaded episode for the past six months or so uh, didn't even really have to do with music had to do with uh, treating treating people well, treating people correctly. So, uh, so there's that. Also, speaking of treating people correctly and well, uh, you know, it was Johnny Gray. He's a friend of ours. He's been on this podcast before. He's a good dude. And now him and his friends have a little charity thing coming up if you're in the Washington, D.C. area this Saturday, November 18th. It's called Photos for Puerto Rico, a Hurricane Maria benefit at Big Chief. Big Chief is a bar. It's uh in Northeast D.C. If you live here, you know it. Uh, at any rate, uh, him and his friends uh, are going to be setting up a big chief, and uh, they're going to be raising money by taking world-class portraits. Uh, they're all photographers. Uh, taking world-class portraits of people uh, for a $5 donation. So if you wanted to get a headshot, if you wanted to get a portrait, if you wanted to get something done, just wanted to, give, just wanted to have fun with it even, you know, give five bucks... Uh, it's a good chance to go out and uh, and get your picture taken by Nick Carlin is doing this, Allie Gibson, uh, Peter Braverman, Keith McDermott, uh, Aline Tulia, Margo McDonald. It's going to be doing it. Uh, Johnny Grave himself is going to be taking some photos. He's pretty good at that thing. Uh, aside from the music thing, he's good at taking the photos and also telling some stories. Who might be talking about that soon? But um, but yeah, so head on out to, uh, to Big Chief if you're in D.C. this Saturday. And uh, and hit them up. Even if you don't want your picture taken, it's five bucks. We're gonna put the link in the show notes, and you can uh, just get a ticket, send them five bucks, or whatnot, and uh, and help out your fellow man in Puerto Rico, your fellow American in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, man, good on him. I love when people are doing good work. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, that's I think a lot of what we're here for. So. Um, with that out of the way, I think it's time we head on to the basement. So we're going to tell you about uh, Curtis Harden here. Uh, you know, I, I went to see Curtis at show at Songbird recently. It's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I don't think we get too much into that. But if he's on tour right now for this album, Face Your Fear, and uh, I recommend you go and see him. But in the meantime, 
We're going to teach you and learn you up all about his albums. Here you go. Let's head on down to the basement to talk about Curtis Harding's new album, Face Your Fear. Kidding! I'm kidding. Uh, welcome back, Eduardo. You've been a while. Oh, I've been, been long gone. Busy. Congratulations, too. You have. Thank you. You know, much sir. like much like Paul, we won't out your real job, but uh, say you got a real real job today. And uh, I got a ni- I got a nice bit of news. Yeah, that's, so it's nice. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. You're running for president with uh, Joe Biden. Sorry. I would be fucking delighted to hang out with Joe Biden <laughs> around the clock. I'm, I'm booking him for Thanksgiving. Instead of doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Down for that. What's up, Joe? This, yeah, this we, we gotta, that would be the second we politician gotta this year. We got a out back for you, buddy. That would be the second politician this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think this oh, has to happen I don't know if Timothy's mom could use her connections. Uh, now, anyways, uh, now we're, we're down here today uh, to talk. Um, we talked a little bit about Seoul this year. Less than I would like, because this is actually the, typically the country panel, and we have... Uh, That's right. You know, but, but anybody who knows <laughs> the guy me... from Dean Wood and the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the country panel. It's so good. Anybody who knows me, though, knows that I, like, Soul is basically my favorite type of music. If I could... Yeah. I have been on a vinyl binge, and, and I could... Uh, if, if record stores in the area had a good Soul selection, it's a burn on all of you, <laughs> Songbird, Rand Onion... Hill and Dale, uh, fuck whatever the one is, and uh, uh, the other one, Crooked Beat. No, no, he's he's good. I haven't been down there. It's but like thirteen seventy one Adam Street Northeast is the best soul hub in the city right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. My mother lives. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh wait, wait a minute. So yeah, you should have your mom on the podcast. Oh, um, that would be the best. But uh, but but anyway, I I really like soul music is ingrained in like what I want in music and uh, and there's. A lot of like pastiche that gets passed around over these past few years. There's a lot of real stuff. We just lost Charles Bradley. We also yep. lost Sharon Jones. Yep. Real soul music. Uh, Daptone is like basically if it doesn't come from Daptone these days, it, it, it's suspect. Um, but people are trying, and I think that's good. Um, and this guy that we're going to be talking about today, Curtis Harding, uh, he, he is a uh, singer, songwriter, drummer, guitarist, and producer, much like. Uh, which is at Pac, Anderson Pac. Yeah, Anderson Pac. On the exactly. drums. So uh, born in Michigan, and uh, like all good soul singers, his family were singers in church. Uh, that should be no surprise. But they eventually moved down to Atlanta, became the backup singer for CeeLo Green. Uh, and from there, his career sort of has taken off. He's done work with people uh, in, in the Black Lips. He has a band uh, with Cole Alexander called Night Sun. Um, and... Uh, you know, in interviews with him, he he's talks about what he sees as soul music, and I agree with his definition, but I, I find it, which we'll talk about, very often to be bullshit. Like when he said, uh, I, I don't know if it is with him, but you, you find soul in everything. You find soul in punk. You find soul in rap. You find soul yes, uh, in, in your totally. community. I mean, for me, it is, it is music that is reflecting of a community. Uh, so in that sense, he's very much a, a renaissance man. Uh, now, finally, in 2017, he has his debut LP, uh, or it's actually his second LP. He had one earlier in the year, but that was marketed really more like it was like garage soul. And yeah, was, like it was yeah. not not that's, right. that's the phrase. The word garage appears a lot in, yeah, in his bio. Yeah, and press um, but uh, and and it did okay for him. It, it got him a little look. He's on Anti Records now, 
uh, and his debut on there is an album called Face Your Fear. This is the first single from that on and on. We're going to listen to a little bit of that and come back and uh, talk about Mr. Curtis Hardy. <laughs> Starting on and on from Face Your Fear, uh, as he, uh, I have a quote from him somewhere, um, it's from his bio, and he's talking about his life and everything he's done, and he's saying, at the end of the day, you gotta face your fucking fear, man, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta talk about a little bit about that. What what is notable about this? Uh, a first of all, Atlanta. Uh, it's it's good to see this coming up in Atlanta. I don't know if there's a scene down there. Uh, maybe well, I, I can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, well, you you can jump out from here, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if there's a scene down there, but um, uh, but you get Danger Mouse up in here, and I'll just get this out of the way, guys. Uh, Please do. When we talked about uh, Michael Kiwanuka. Mm-hmm. Carrie loved the da- that album. I did not, and because except for that first song, Danger Mouse fucked it up. Mm-hmm. In large parts of this album, for me, Danger Mouse fucks this up, and 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 the reason he fucks it up is, I, I put it like this: if you want to listen to music that sounds like you're the dude walking into the bar, right? In Tron Legacy 4, Legacy Harder, <laughs> and it's like all futuristic, 
and you see some dude who's playing familiar songs from the old, but they sound all new and fresh, yeah. then that's what you're going to do. And, and that is inescapable on this. And I, and I think uh, uh, right off the bat, it kills this album as legitimately any contender for anything this year. But that, that aside, I think there is a lot to celebrate on this album. There is a lot. I mean, the guy, the guy knows his shit. Uh, and so it is confusing to me why he went with Danger Mouse, although we know why. But but we'll get back to that. But Mr. Donnelly, what about the soul yeah. scene in Atlanta? Okay, so Atlanta is is a strange is a wonderful place right now because all the strange black kids are down there. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like what's occurred since. Like you know, so it goes back if you go back to like the Outcast era of like the early nineties. Mm-hmm. And the thing you have to understand about Outcast is that this is like what happens when like a punk rock dude and like a drug dealer decide to make a rap group. And when they make, make a rap, yeah, they, they're, they're gonna make a rap, <laughs> right? And that, that's outcast history. So, when you think about that, and you go all the way to like guys like Future who are in Dungeon Family, and people like uh, CeeLo Green, who also a Dungeon Family member, all these people are all weird black dudes, like the weirdest black dudes, sure, yeah. So, like, a guy like Curtis Harding fits really well into this, like, kind of like milieu. I mean, he's not from there. But the thing is with he Atlanta there now, I think. Yeah, but he's not from Atlanta. Like, there's a thing when you're like from Atlanta, it's different than like coming to Atlanta. It's different. It's like it's like people who are. I feel you. I feel you on that. But at the same time, it's like saying you're not from DC. But like, like I'm from DC, but I'm not from DC. No, but it, when it comes to soul music, though, it's a different. It's two different kinds of soul. Okay. Yeah. Like there's like the Atlanta tradition, which is straight out of that. You know, like Muscle Shoals. Like, you know, high records. Yeah, proximity to Alabama. Right. Very much that. And then you have this kind of like straight up and down, very straight lace, sort of like four on the floor, straight ahead locomotive soul out of Detroit. Mm -hmm. So. He's hitting on all of it. Right. It's fascinating. That's what I was saying about this album is that like, and and it's the trouble with Danger Mouse as well, is that he does this thing with Northern Soul. Northern Soul is ostensibly classic R&B, classic American R&B records from the 1960s that never hit the charts that then became rare classic groove records for the UK marketplace and led to mm. these records being played in dance halls all night long where kids high on right. speed did crazy, crazy dances and did a lot of clapping and, you know, hard dancing all night long. So that's fascinating to me that you say that because the horns on this, when there are horns, really remind me of the sound of the horns on Lulu's Atlantic Sessions. Exactly. Which is totally British soul, right? right. It's sort of in that Dusty mm-hmm. Springfield totally. kind of. Exactly. All yeah. of, and all of that's there. It all plays in, into this. And that's very much a Danger, uh, a Danger Mouse thing. Like as a producer who makes yeah. soul music, he's very much inspired by Northern Soul. Like you look at some of like the later Gnarls Barkley stuff. Yeah, like who's going to save my soul and stuff like that is yeah. very much like inspired by that uh, tradition. And he's also inspired by psychedelia, which I mean, look, it, this guy is working with anybody in the Black Lips. He's done some acid. Yeah, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I mean, I was, let's just be clear about that. And I was going to say, there's there's a weird thing here. Like, um, I was thinking about this when I listened to this record. I thought a lot about George Clinton when George mm. before George Clinton became the leader of Parliament Funkadelic. The reason why P Funk sounds the way it sounds is that he was the leader of a band called the Parliaments. That was like a Motown era Detroit staple. Like they were a band, mm-hmm. very straight laced, very much wearing the suits and doing the thing. And then you look at the cover and he's got kind of like the unkempt afro and yep. the, the neck tattoo. It's very much like I'm looking at this kid going, you know, in five years, you could easily be standing around in a diaper singing these exact same <laughs> songs. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and to his credit, 
that's the thing that made this album not work for me is the fact that it's so straight-laced and it's so based with so many traditions. Do you think that would be organic if he ended up in a diaper? Oh, absolutely. Okay, uh, that, like, I mean, I we should clarify where, that. I think that's Because where... there's a difference between looking at, like, I love George Clinton, what if I went on stage in a diaper? It's no. been, like, 30 years. I'm thinking that <laughs> this is... Uh, it's funny, because when you listen to, like, we were talking... Eduardo and I were talking about the first album, and then you listen to this, like, you see this kind of, like, non... It's like this, like, regression to the mean... Yeah, a lot here, and there's a lot of like Arthur Lee and Love and groups like that mm-hmm. that all came out of that very straight lace. Like we're going to make actual R and B records that have like you know the drums are going to hit you know four on the floor and you know like I'm going to sing the the song this way and I'm going to use use these same kind of gospel runs comes from his family being in church. You hear all that mm-hmm. stuff and you're like okay cool, but then I look at this guy and then I hear the songs. And I don't hear him in the songs. Yeah, that was actually, I, I just like, I just saw him live, and that was actually a problem live. I mean, it was a weird band, and and people were very there to see that. It wasn't what you would expect from a soul audience. It right. is what you would expect from a, uh, a middle class white appreciation. Like, oh my god, I bet like maybe he plays an Amy Winehouse song. But that's because they and don't that's, know that's Danger Mouse coming in that, and that's not his fault. But at the same time. This is kind of the music that we're talking about. Yeah, but they don't know those records. That's the that's the one. Okay, so like the other part the records about, you're talking about. Yeah, the one the thing that that troubles me with so much of soul music right now is that there's so many artists that either know better or don't know at all the music that they're playing with. Mm-hmm. That they have no concept of like if I walked up to Curtis Harding, I I, I worry. I walk up to him and I said, "You ever heard of the Flirtations? Headed for a heartache. Do you know that song?" I don't like, even know chords, dude. Because <laughs> Moses somebody, yo, Moses somebody really said that. In real yeah, life. he really, he really said that on on public radio. Troubled me, <laughs> troubles me forever. But um, Let's, with him. Um, but that's but that's the thing is like if you don't if you don't know these records and you don't know of these records, like if I said, "Hey, Tainted Love" by Gloria Jones, do you know it? And he would be like, "Oh, Tainted Love" by Soft Soul. I'm like, no, the Soul record that yeah. inspired that that right. literally half your album sounds like. Right. You would have. If I, I wonder, like that's the thing that I actively wonder, and that, yeah, yeah, to the like Danger Mouse knows it. No, Danger Mouse knows yeah. it completely, and I, and and I think that's a thing with Danger Mouse that keeps him in the game mm, is that he yeah. knows this stuff that he's dealing with, and he knows his audience well. Because I mean, he was the first of those guys to really say, "Hey, I'm going to take an old thing in a new thing." Yeah. And make it a shared experience. Drawn it up. Right. So, like, you know, I mean, the Grey album. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, like, there it is. It's the beginning exactly of the whole it. thing. It's the Beatles' white album and Jay-Z's black album. We're going to put them together and we're going to make a cool, urban, folky funk. I always forget that that's really how he came to prominence. Yep. And, like, I remember, like, getting that off. I don't know Napster wasn't around. It probably was, like, No, it was on a website. He had his own site. Right, but it uh, it was also, like, super pirated. Oh, the the most pirated. Even though it was free. Yeah. Because that's how how we roll, kids. But that led to the Slack album, which was Pavement and Jay-Z. That led to the Grateful Dead and the Black album. That he did not do. No, no, no. But but, but he spawned a legion of imitators. And then then after that, it was like, okay, this guy is, like, relevant, so let's put him with CeeLo. And then you got Noah's Barkley. To what you're talking about, I want to play it because I think this track uh, is probably one of the best tracks on yeah. the album because it yeah. it matches. Uh, first of all, uh, um, Danger Mouse is is laying back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So and, and it 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 is a slightly 
uh, it's a unique take on uh, a troubled relationship mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that works really well. And then we're going to get into see see what you got to say about this. Part of. This is uh, go as you are. It's Wednesday night and I'm talking about leaving. I've been here a few times before. The only thing that I believe in is on the other side of the door. She said, go as you are. Withers in there and got a little like I'm freaking out, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, also some real, uh, which to me is the heart of soul. Uh, some real, like real emotion. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just literally just saying to his woman, yeah, like dude, we got we got some work to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or man, it, I don't know. No, it, it it is. It's one of the songs that um, jumped out at me um, in my first several listens. Is just as just sort of doing something a little bit different. Um, I do, I enjoy, I enjoy this record. I don't think there's anything about it that is, um, you know, egregious or, 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 or offensive to me, but I, but as I said, um, as I said to you, um, over G chat, Kevin, like, I think that part of the enjoyment isn't, uh, you know, it's because of what I'm bringing in terms of my expectations and the fact right. that I like everything this album is doing. Um, I think obviously there has to be some, some merit to the songs and the way they're played for me to be able to actually bring those things that I enjoy and, and, and experience that. But it's, but you know, it's, it's sort of a weird, um, and Marcus, you were sort of alluding to this a little bit, like, you know, you've got sort of your, um, on the other end of the spectrum here, you've got your sort of fits in the tantrums type, mm-hmm. uh, mayor Hawthorne, like those, you know, it's the sort of new soul. Um, yeah. mayor, perfect, also, perfect guy also, to mention. Also yeah. a Michigander. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you, uh, you hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and like, and so you, you, you need to, you need to s- differentiate yourself somehow. And, and, and my struggle with the album is I don't think it quite does that. And in fact, the, the, like, there's a part of me that when I hear th- that many, uh, things that I like all put together, I start to feel like manipulated or something. So, so let's address that real quick. Like, do you think that's a a uh, result of marketing? Like, sort of like if we make this music, like who 
certain specification that we know people are, are going to like, i.e. Danger Mouse. You know people react to Danger Mouse stuff. Uh, or do you think that's a result of, of uh, just pastiche? Well, I, like, I yeah. Not, so I, ch- I chalk it up to the to it being I, hopefully or a just a young, a, just totally a just kind of a uh, 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 someone who hasn't you know. Well, he's been doing this ten years though. No, be, but, be but like, but but so but 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 as a solo under his own under his right. own name, you know, I think you you start out and it's fine to wear your influences on your sleeve. Um, there was a great quote um, that I saw on uh, on Twitter, and I think, uh, and it was from an um, Umberto Eco review of Casablanca. Um, and the person was comparing it to Stranger Things, which I know I'll have beef with you, Kevin. I haven't seen season two, so I don't, I can't speak to it. But, but, but the quote was basically, "You can't call Casablanca original art because it's really just a series of cliches put on a playing board, mm-hmm. and someone watching how those cliches interact. There's no actual conscious act of creation or whatever." And this person was saying Stranger Things is the same thing. You just layer all these tropes onto one another, and then you I let mean, them play. That's kind of true. Yeah, and 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 so and so calling it original art is is maybe not the right way to think about it. It's just an experiment in in what happens when you have these all these familiar things in the same place together. And and that that quote right. kind of came to me as I was listening to this because I just thought there's there's so much that I like here, and yet I don't I don't know how often I'm going to be putting this record on any more than I would put on a Mayor Hawthorne or a Fits in the Tantrums record on, as opposed to like. Uh, any eccentric soul release pretty well, much. Well, I, or... I guess to, to that point, you look like you, you got something to jump yeah, in and done, yeah, but real quick sure. to that, to that point, what, I mean, what do we really expect from soul music in 2017? Because look, as a fan right. of, of the, the form, uh, there, are, and as with any form, there are boundaries and, and, uh, but we also know some of the best art, most of the best art is created when you break those boundaries mm-hmm. on the, opposite of that is sitting over here that people don't very often acknowledge is that all of the bad art is created when you break those boundaries <laughs> like every every bit of bad art is because somebody was like i'm gonna do soul but different yeah yeah and yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and 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 that's that's cross genre and everything and so you know is this a is this a complaint if it is a complaint against this where we're looking at what we think soul music should be and saying, well, this isn't it. And, but, and then we just don't quite know what it is though. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that lambasted the Childish Gambino album. Right. And this is very similar to that. I'm totally the guy to talk to about this, I think. Um, (laughs) Well, well, so, and we are of the same opinion on that. So, so to that point, like here's, here's, and I think we'll see if you agree. Here's where the Gambino album failed. It was very clearly a put on. Did not feel it in his soul. I don't get that with here. So yeah, I don't. I don't think this is artificial. It's but. okay. So this this is another one of these problems with this album is that um, the songwriting and the singing is really pure, like really pure. Like he has a great. We should we should absolutely say that like like, like more real, than once. Like the singing on this is like, fucking is great. Really pure. Yeah, like yeah, his voice is like he has the ability to like. Really good scale. scale. Uh, Out of one to ten, Bill Withers. How many Bill Withers is this? It's like a like a six or seven. I'm not. I'm I'm gonna say seven. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Withers being like the purest. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is like, to get to the Bill Withers point, is is like you have to understand that like, Bill never wanted to be a star. Correct. Yeah. Like so, that's that's what makes Bill Withers so great. And if you don't believe that, see the documentary. Still, Bill. Right, Bill's like I just I some songs. I want to sing some songs. Like West West Virginia native Bill Withers. Right, that that says everything. (laughs) 
So like, and similarly, Curtis Harding is from Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. which also ties into a guy like Danny Brown, who's also yeah. hmm. a Detroiter. Who, and the thing about Detroit, intriguingly, is that like, and having been to Detroit, death, like death, right? You've been to your death, so you understand. Like, so Detroit's funny because it's like being black and being in Detroit. Like having visited Detroit as mm. a thirty-nine-year-old black man, I'm like, hey, like everybody here is aware that like. Today is as good as it could ever be. Yeah, I and I, I can't. I've never been to Detroit. Uh, Natalie is from uh, Andre's wife is from yeah. Detroit, and uh, the impression I've got from talking to people and seeing like stuff with Bill Withers and talking to the guys in Death is kind of that. It, right. it it was especially like in the late sixties, early seventies. It was actually safe to be a black person, right? But not, but not, which is but not not safe. Yeah, but but. Better. Better-ish, but only, like, only as far as, like, the day that you are living could actually be the best day of your life. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, every day. Like, you know, if... There's more opportunity. Right, right. But but even that's, like, a loaded term. I I agree. I agree. It's a loaded... There's no good way to put it. Right. There's (laughs) a loaded... Right. There's a loaded optimism to to the blackness of being a Detroiter. Mm. And it's and and that bleeds through when you hear the pain on this album, which is fascinating when you listen to the 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 sonic construction of the record, because so much of the sonic construction of this album is tied up in music that comes from like the peak optimization of like black opulence. So like you have like mm-hmm. there's like Isaac Hayes stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like and there's like even like. There's like, you know, some Gil Scott Heron in here mm-hmm. and Bill Withers as well. And these are artists, I mean, in the case of Gil and Bill, who with the moments that when they created like the songs that they are sampling, they were making more money than they would ever thought they would have ever made a day in their lives. Yeah. So it's like, holy crap, I'm I'm a millionaire. Who knew? Yeah. yeah. So there's this kind of thing juxtaposed and that's and that's a problem I think with Danger Mouse too. Not to continue to throw him under the bus, but no, this, throw him is under the, the bus. this is the time when this should happen. I, I never want to yeah. hear another Danger Rouse right. produced record and again. I actively thought about this on the way over here. I was like, what makes him so bad? Because he's objectively bad at this point. Yeah. Because it's like one <laughs> trick, and it yeah. worked for yeah. him and CeeLo, because the thing with CeeLo is CeeLo's one of the greatest vocalists to ever live. He's a space alien, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And it works. But here, like, the trick doesn't carry over because if you're taking somebody who has so much intrinsic pain Mm. in their voice and you place it against this canvas of like these beautiful sounds that conjure up like peak beauty and and culture then there's something there that doesn't work i mean it works well you try it up right You, you, you splash it with neon and say look isn't this like a good product and 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 that honest raw emotion that he does carry throughout every song i mean yeah. his voice if you if i could hear a, a untouched by danger mouse version of this record i guarantee you it'd be my favorite record of the year it's um if he, if he recorded in nab's basement yes yeah yeah, yeah. i just want that i just want i just want his acapellas myself right like because yeah. his voice is fantastic but and that's a, and that's and that speaks to the other point right. we were talking about george clinton earlier like there's a reason why like maggot brain is a song that like sticks out more so than probably anything he ever did when he wore a suit. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, it's like, all right, I am in pain. My life is in pain. The universe is in pain. And the music that I am singing 
Yeah. My voice cast against this like dissident yet sonorous thing works. Yeah. You know, like there's not there's not an Eddie Hazel on this record. There's not like I mean that's yeah. and he needs that level of there's no Bootsy Collins. There's no like you know Clyde Stubblefield or whatever. Name anybody who was like in that kind of like general musical milieu in that era. Like none of those people are on this record. And that's the hard part too, is that you have to like if you're gonna make this album, and you're gonna like it, it and and like if 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 the artist is okay with the music that is being played under his voice, then like you really have to wonder, like, does he know? That like he has this ability, and that's the thing I was thinking about over here. Well, like, wait, when we talked about because it's that it's that George Clinton thing where George had no idea until it was like. But then, the thing. but like, but like when you get to Maggot Brain, like the the question I have is like, if um, uh, why would you recreate something and not uh, like we talked about Cold Cold Heart on that Kiwanuka record. And how if you have a song like that that opens the record, all of a sudden you're like, it sets an expectation for the rest of the album that the rest of the does. album doesn't deliver on. Right. Yep. Right. But you yeah. have- and also, if you realize you're capable of that, you would be like, you know what? I don't want to record a three and a half minute song yeah. with four chords right. and a bridge. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I want an album that has three songs on it. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. like it's a like double album that has six. Right. They're you 11 do that, minutes long. Yeah, do, that are 11 minutes you, long. You do that seven minute long guitar solo for Maggot Brain, yeah. right? Because and you know what? And for the what? fans, because, I'm doing my cover of Tales of, from Topographic Oceans. Yeah, like like there's just, there's there's a, there's a big universe out there. I, you know, I think it's hard to answer the question you asked, Kevin, of love, like what a soul record should be, although I think right. Ab, Ab provided a, a pretty... Pretty definitive answer for what a modern yeah, I, civil uh, rights well, soul right. album sounds but like. But, we, we know the but, answer. It was kind of yeah. rhetorical. But there's yeah. but there's a whole universe out there that this album doesn't really look at, right? And there's and there's a way to to kind of expand on the sound. Like it's like it's like watching somebody run, right? Like watching like say like Carl Lewis is like mm-hmm. sprinting down a track, and then all of a sudden somebody puts a curb in front of him. So it's like this man's voice is just soaring and all of a sudden something happens in the production and you're like yeah mm. boom yeah. yeah and and i should say live it is uh, i mean the, uh, back up my Did statement stretch before. the songs out live or no no okay. no, they need to no, be, no. He need, that's and, another thing too he needs space and yeah. and, a, and a competent but mediocre like white boy jam band okay uh, but it, it very much struck me the same way tyler childers band did it's a great bar band not ready for the the big look like nothing about it was like, oh yeah. my god! Look at this charisma that's floating off the stage, and it was it was just like, wow, this is a really good band doing some pretty good songs. The Danger Mouse production was stripped from there, and it sounded more in tune with what the type of stuff I like. Which is not saying this has to fit into what I like, but it it definitely um, I saw a little more potential in there, a little more development from the first album. Which was was garage soul. It was just like intentionally sloppy, and it turned me off, quite frankly. And and this, you see a little development. I just think he might have developed in the wrong way. Yeah. You never go full Tron. But, never yeah. go full Tron. But even Legacy if, harder. It's like even if you're a <laughs> lord, even if you're like okay, so even if you're sloppy, so like get to get because I I honestly I listen to this guy and I go, man, there's a psychedelic soul quartet in the world that this 
guy needs to be the lead, the, the front man for. Mm. Like him and that that band that you took me to go see at DC Nine at one time. That guy could be like like the second guy in it. Oh yeah, that like dude. like you know because he has similar the... similar vibe from Austin. I forget his name from Austin, Texas. A, a, a black soul singer being like backed by a completely white frat boy band. Right, mm. and I'm like, okay, so I'm like, if this is a thing, like no, number one, I'm I find, I'm hard pressed to find like because I know like ten guys off the top of my head who live in Washington D.C. right now. I'm hard pressed to believe that like the only people who play soul music are white guys. Yeah, that's that's a lie. And it's just ridiculous. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all a, it's a whole other podcast. It's all itself. a goofy marketing yeah. ploy, and it gets back to narratives, and we'll get it the does. narratives probably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's just frustrating. It's not like on this podcast, sir. <laughs> right, right. Not this one. No, I'm not even guys. So I just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, and I pulled yeah. it back. Pulled it back. But yeah, so uh, so it's like, can you make a like, like I feel like there's so much more potential in these songs. Because they're like put in a box, yeah, and they're like, and it's like hermetically sealed. And the thing that you only get when that box is hermetically sealed is the thing you know. Because I feel like I know all of these songs, like within like thirty seconds, I know the song. Dude, we've said yeah. it. It was it was just Danger Mouse. There's a difference between doing something experimental, and you can experiment with soul, and you can experiment with any genre, and, and doing something though that you know is going to play to a market that isn't even your market necessarily. And that's that's what happened with this, well, and yeah. it, it it yeah. I I think I think there's you know you know the 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 album doesn't leave like a bad taste in my mouth or mm-hmm. anything, but I'm oh. not sure that it leaves much of a taste. Period. I am like like I do I do like it. I I I like his voice. I th- I think there's there's plenty to enjoy about the record, and I'm ob- and and like I'm just rooting for him to kind of put it all together on a record. I just don't think this was yeah. the album yeah. where that happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think so at all. And I think, uh, which isn't to say, it's, I mean, we don't really do ratings anymore, um, but it isn't to say it's like a trashy record, but he's... The ratings were the friends you made along the way, kids. Oh, my God. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> great, great. But I just, I just wanted to add one thing. Like, <laughs> Is that 280 characters? <laughs> me? Wow. So my thinking is, and 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 I'll, I wonder if like people who push records, record people, mm-hmm. know this, but like you could put together soul guys and just make them be a band and make them Fuck play yes, these, dude, and make <laughs> them is, play these songs. Uh, you know what? Times. So we're in we're in DC, and we've talked about this a lot this year. We talked about how it's not truck and see, it's all been pushed out to. Yeah. If you make a fucking army of soul bands out that ring the city outside of it, yeah. I will go to every goddamn gig. Soul I band. will spend my nightlife there because if you put these players in the room, these are people dedicated to playing. Right, but I'll tell you why it's important. Because I could guarantee that the, the people who played on this record are sexy musicians who don't know each other, who walked in, looked at the sheet music, mm. played exactly what was on the sheet music, turned the page, kept it all going. Song one, boom, 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 boom. All right, take two, no. All right, song two, boom, 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 boom. Take two, all right, well, maybe do a take two. Okay, boom, boom, boom. That's a good segue. So these songs don't have, like, that's the thing that happens when you play with the band and you practice with the yeah. band. Yep. And yeah. the band plays the song a hundred times. Yep. The song becomes a different song. Yep. And it becomes better for it. It, t- it takes a lot to be a solo artist. And, and, right. And a lot of people suffer because they try to be solo artists. And uh, and you will, I mean, like everything in life, you'll just you do better collaborating. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like I write out everything that you guys have to say for this podcast or something and hold a gun right. to your head or or do I? A gun. Wow. <laughs> Quite the Ruger you have there. <laughs> any, any last words as we move on? Because I got I got a treat for you guys. No? no, I mean, I mean, I think I think we've been a little bit down on it. Um, it it's and I think I think Danger Mouse should be taking most of those hits. Yeah, and if, you're, if you're thinking about working with him, his first name is Danger. So there's, <laughs> so there's some there's first some risk. Danger. There's some risk oh, there. The hot takes we're missing. <laughs> last name Mouse. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Curtis Harding's uh, Face Your Fear is out there. Uh, we faced it, and uh, not afraid, but not really, not really feeling it. Uh, that's okay because if you feel it, then uh, then you're that's going to be your jam. I would say it's a great entree record if you know nothing about Northern Soul. Yeah, you know, you've yeah. never listened to any of those sure. great songs. If you haven't like downloaded a Spotify playlist of Northern Soul records, of which there are like fifty, and you should do that immediately. Then this is a great entree into that sort of like you know soul tradition, and that's important. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, I'll re-up my beer, and then I'm going to play you guys some country. Good-ass country. All right. Yeah. It's just not clear why you lay. Let me say that you're the only one here. By the way, maybe. Don't worry. It's okay. All right, so I had a little country surprise. We're gonna um, we're gonna play both types of music on this podcast, which is what <laughs> we like to do. Now, this is actually um, I've been digging into Bandcamp country, which I was told it's, it's a genre. That it didn't really exist that much, but uh, it's out there and, and it's on the rise. And um, and finding all these people that are making these wonderful smaller uh, country records. I actually, the full disclosure, heard about. This guy that we're going to talk about, Blake Berglund, uh, on Chris Shifflett's podcast, Walking the Floor. Okay. Great podcast, by the way. It is. It is a good. Well, you turned me on to it. It, it. You know, it's good because of who he talks to and the enthusiasm. I think in about 100 episodes or maybe as by the time he gets to as many episodes as we have, he'll be a, uh, he'll be a good interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but he is a much better guitar player and rock star as his position in the Foo Fighters would yep, attest right, to. right. Uh, but uh, but he was talking to Coulter Wall, which is a guy that I I haven't decided if we're going to talk about that album because I haven't quite warmed up to it. But there's a lot going on in Canadian country in the middle of the country, Saskatchewan. And Saskatoon is in the room. Saskatoon, Saskatoon, yes. So so this guy Coulter Wall named him as one of his best friends and and a guy who was doing great shit and talked about this album. So uh, I did what you should do if you listen to podcasts about music is go and. Immediately look up the artist, people name drop, and I did. And what I found is this album that came out earlier this year is actually quite amazing. Okay, and and this is you know we talk about the Nashville scene, which I think he's in Nashville or operating out of Nashville now, and how it's a machine and how he has these things and and we know the sound and look he's doing all of this here, but aside from anybody else in Nashville, he's he was like I said an actual fucking cowboy. And so what he did is he made this is his fifth album. It's put out on his own label, uh, which is kind of nice, Ocean Man Records, and uh, and it's sort of a uh, religious journey. Uh, 
almost, a, I mean, it's not an answer to Sturgill Simpson's thing. It is sort of, uh, uh, there's hallucinogenics involved. We could we can just say that there's uh, a, there's like a there's an Ouroboros with a pig head correct yeah its correct own, yeah correct on the cover uh, so so happening here and he's talking about stuff that people like uh, Thomas P Fusco Joseph Campbell C S Lewis uh, exploring like spiritual themes uh, the truths to the universes how to unlock them all and uh, and this and how uh, some experiences can bring you to that. Experience. I mean, realms is a very specific word, right? Yeah. If you yeah. if you're believing, it you're implies, either like hard D and D in, or you are really yeah. on an interesting trip. But uh, my chakras are open. But this is actually turns out one of my favorite uh, country albums of the year. I'm gonna play a song for you, which isn't the best song on the album, but it, it is a damn good song. And look, there's nothing more country than anything called Moose Fucking Mountain. Down for it. <laughs> Not fucking mountain. It's just Moose Mountains uh, by Blake Berger. Moose Mountains at sundown. Alfalfa and clover leaf. I wade into a drink hole. Water to the bottom of my hand. Cut leather bound stirrups as the sun dips. A melancholy chill on Montgomery Creek. My last dipper, red man. My first real herd of the evening And a twist one tighter than the sand Show my saddle it'll take to an evening ride I got a 13-year-old Palomino mare With a need for a contact high And if the marijuana makes me miss them Then my saddle horse takes it right I tell her tales about the women of the winter And the lost loves in my life In the hard way, I'm always rushing back into love, but chasing on another. That attempt is a backup plan just to cover up the trails of the last one. Oh, but my ages help me see that I should take a winner and spend a little time on me. And a twist one tighter than the sand, show my saddle, little take to an evening ride. I got a 13 year old Palomino mare with a need for a contact high. The marijuana makes me miss them Then my saddle horse makes it right I tell her tales about the women in the winter And the lost loves in my life Moose Mountains at sundown, alfalfa and clover leaf, I wade into a drink hole. And it's this one's harder than the cinch of my saddle, it'll take to an evening ride. I got a 13-year-old Palomino mare with a need for a contact high. And if the marijuana makes me miss them, then my saddle horse makes it right. Yeah, tell them tales but the women in the winter. Lost loves in my life. Yeah, 
Canada, folks. It's not just where you run to in Trump's America. It's also the finest, <laughs> a mighty fine country. Uh, the home of some mighty fine country. That's Moose Mountain. Uh, talking about getting his horse high and having a little psychedelic experience. And that's not why I'm, we're like, test sucks, need drugs, because I'm 45. <laughs> 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 and you're, we, we're all about to be, you guys are about to be 40. Yes. Uh, but it is, uh, it is, a, it is uh, talking about a good side of life, I think, and a little bit of escape, and that's what music does for you. And, and yeah, I've been listening to this album like, all day long since I heard that because I, I heard it mentioned two days ago and listened to it all day long. I'm just like, yeah, this is what. Do you, so what do you guys think of that? Real quick. Like, I like it. I, I like the fact that like, okay. So I was saying this off mic. Um, a lot of my favorite Canadian vocalists, you know, R.P. Gord Downey from Perfectly Hip, uh, Landis Morissette, people like that. Like, even with this, the, the recently deceased. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's what I said. R.P. Oh, yeah. yeah. He like I was gonna say like. There's this thing where, even with a twang, and even with an accent, like there's something in the enunciation of of like consonants and the vowels not sounding too crazy against that. Where like I hear everything this man is saying, and the lyrics are so fun that I'm not mad at it. I love it. Like you just want to hear this yeah. man. You just want to hear him. And that's the thing with the great country song, uh, the great country singers, is you just want to hear them continuously tell stories. Yes. Over and over and I, over and I, over again. I 100 percent agree. That's what makes a person a great country singer. Yeah. So there, there's also I think there's Sam a, Outlaw. Yeah. Well, well he's well, got to bring up Sam Outlaw because <laughs> he's the fucking best. I I will put a spoiler. He's in my top five of the best albums of the year. Oh, so probably mine too. I don't want to admit it. Nothing wrong with that, bro. Well, uh, yeah, I think there's a great um, thing here about other English speaking countries um, doing to to country music what. Uh, uh, what the UK did for you know American kind of blues, uh, which is yes. sort of like showing America how it's done, yep. and like like Australia, there is a dynamic fucking country scene in Australia. Yeah, no, there really and they, is. You know, and and like you could sit down with like a random stranger and talk late into the night about like Merle Haggard's back catalog and yeah. have people be yeah, extremely yeah. knowledgeable about it in ways that you wouldn't expect. So uh, that was that was really nice. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So. I'm gonna get that in your ears. Uh, that's it for uh, this this here podcast. I think this is coming on Thursday, so it'll be it for your podcast week. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. I, it's, I keep saying that it's Apple Podcasts. It doesn't work because you still get it in iTunes, right? I think you can get it directly through the podcast app. Yeah, but yeah. that's uh, fuck if I know, dude. Google Play. We finally fixed it. Was broken. We finally fixed it, so all of them are gonna be up in there now. Mixcloud, Stitcher. Uh, if you really liked what you heard and you uh, had a little money left over after you gave money to the National Museum of African American History and Cultures Hip Hop Kickstarter, do it. Which we'll put a link do in it. there. You can support us on Patreon. You can do that by what, like episode, by month, by week, uh, by contributor. I I should set that up. So like basically, like if you're on Marcus, they can be like, we're only giving if Marcus is on. <laughs> Right. And this that's is what you—that's a lot of pressure. And this is what you shall be forever valued by. That's, that's a lot of pressure. This is that's a lot of low neoliberalism. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. But you can do that, and uh, and your, that, your Alexa will play these too. By the way, if you have an Alexa, you can just say Alexa, play Chunky Glasses, and she will. Are you fucking serious? I am serious. I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every day, kids. Uh, you know, and and but look, all that money goes to. Uh, uh, and I've said this before. Uh, I'm set. We're all set. 
right? Yeah. This is, you know, there's this myth of that you need a bunch of money to do all this stuff. Money's nice. We like it. Uh, but we all work and we work hard. And this is what we do uh, for work, but for fun. And so the money basically goes to support, uh, honestly, people like Matt and Mauricio are out there yes. every day. We're like, doing the Lord's work out there. Yeah. yeah. Going awesome. to shows every damn night. We just, uh, Avery Junius, he's going to have his first review up pretty soon. And and we just took on a bunch of tracking kids, put mm-hmm. up tracking kids to get to write about music that literally a few years ago I'd have been like, y'all no fuck this. But <laughs> I'm like, no, I want to hear more. I want to hear uh, what other people have to say, and uh, so the money goes to helping out that. And uh, and our few like hosting is like twenty bucks. The fuck. Yes. No. It's 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Don't let anybody tell you any differently, kids. Uh, so that that is it for the podcast. Uh, you guys, I think, are going to be back soon. I know you're going out of the country, Eduardo, for a while. That's right. I'm yeah. escaping Trump's America. You're probably. escaping Trump's America. Uh, I live in a corner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I do. With Sam. <laughs> yeah, Sam. It's Sam, Sam in one corner, Gus and Giz in the other two, and then Sam in the last one, and we just all hang out. Um, but we're going we're gonna to be back. Uh, got some good stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Hopefully got some interviews. Uh, coming up, but I know we are racing, literally now racing towards the end of the year. We're going to do it a little earlier than we did, yeah, uh, because Fair. dude, it's been a shitty year for music. I am not not waiting out December to see if the great album (laughs) drops, so uh, look for that around like first weekend of December or first weekend of December. T-Swift's son. He swept, yeah. Well, we uh, got that. So, yeah. so this is what I'm that's, anticipating. That's one. What I'm anticipating is our last two reviews are probably going to be Taylor Swift. Uh, reviews proper, podcast proper, are going to be Taylor Swift and Chris Stapleton from Room Volume 2. Oh, nice. Get at yeah. me, Asha, because I need to hear it before we review it. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're out of here. Uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>